This is Invincible Career. I'm Larry Cornett. So a few weeks ago, maybe it's been a few months, I received a question through my anonymous Q&A form that I have on my website. Somebody was asking me about um, kind of tried and true methods for transitioning from being a full-time employee to becoming a consultant or a contractor. So being able to make a living, providing your skills and expertise, um, regardless of where you are in your career. So you got an early stage, mid, late stage. And some people I think are okay with working for someone else for being employed, you know, for several years that can be going on for maybe even a decade or two, but at some point they, they get the itch to start to want to break free, do their own thing and start their own business. And not everybody feels this way. Plenty of people work their entire careers without ever going independent. Um, but I would say in Silicon Valley, in the tech industry, there are a lot of people that dabble with running their own businesses, being consultants or contractors or what have you. You know, sometimes you just want more independence. You want more flexibility in your work schedule. You know, in other cases, I remember I felt this way. You know, you get kind of tired of the incremental raises, you know, the occasional bonuses and promotions. You want to take control. So the harder you work, the more money you make. And... Whatever your reasons are, if you're a knowledge worker, like I would guess this person was, or I would guess that many of you are, people that make a living with what you know and a lot of the work that you do online, um, it's pretty easy to spin up a business very quickly. And I've done this a couple of times uh, during my career, my 20 plus year career. I also have a ton of friends and uh, people I've worked with before who became consultants after years of being employees at tech companies in the Bay Area. And it, was, it wasn't terribly hard 15, 20 years ago. It wasn't super easy, but it wasn't terribly difficult. But it's even easier now. So much more accessible. So much easier to spin up a website and payment systems and, and work for yourself, essentially. Um, so what I did is I took exactly what I'd been doing as an employee. So this is the very first time that I became a consultant. I took what I did and transferred that into a service offering. So it was my day-to-day -day job. Um, I think this is back in 1998. I'd been a uh, senior designer to start up and I, we got acquired, we got spun out again and I wanted some more <laughs> stability in my life. So oddly enough, uh, I decided to form my own design agency to do that. And it was, it was more stable. I mean, I was in control of getting my clients and the work that I did and how much money I made rather than getting acquired and fired over and over again. Um, strangely enough, this happens a lot. My very first client after I quit my job was my previous employer. So I said, Hey, I don't really want to be a nine to five employee anymore. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to start doing design consulting with, uh, various tech startups. And they said, Hey, we'll, we'll hire you. We still want you to work here, even if you don't want to be an, an employee. And then I added more clients over the coming weeks and months. Back then, I don't even think I had a domain name or a website. Uh, it took a while. I had already been working with several clients and completed a lot of projects before I decided, Hey, maybe I should create a website for this. 
and social media didn't even exist at that time. <laughs> so there, there were no Facebook pages or Twitter profiles or Instagram or anything like that. Um, so the only way people could reach me was through email and phone. So I had some business cards that, that people could use to find me. Advertising was really new than the online advertising, I should say. It was mostly just really expensive banner ads, if you remember banner ads. So I wasn't going to buy any of those. My sources of landing new clients is really word of mouth. So I had a lot of people that knew me from my days, you know, at Apple and at the startup and IBM and so forth. And so word of mouth got out that I was consulting and, and people would hire me. Partnerships with other designers, engineers, you know, program managers, project managers. And so they would bring me on to work with them. So it was pretty easy. I mean, what I was selling was what I already knew and could do. So it was services, obviously. It was seamless. I'd been doing this work, you know, as a full-time employee for years and years at, you know, IBM and Apple and some startups. So it was, it was pretty straightforward to transition to working for clients. So first question you might have if you're interested in this is how do you define your business and your services? And really the value that you create for your employer isn't that different than services a consultant would sell to your employer if they were trying to replicate exactly what you do. So one really useful exercise is to take your job description, your very detailed job description, and there may be one that your employer uses to hire additional people that do what you do at your level, turn that job description into a business plan. So describe your proposed services for your business as solutions to the problems that you know your target clients have. And you know this because you've been an employer. So you know the problems that your employer has been facing and why they hire people like you. But how would a business describe its services if they had to offer what you do? Now, remember, the rules do change when you're a consultant or an independent contractor. You now have a lot more autonomy. You have the freedom to decide how the work gets done, where you do your work, when you do the work. You don't just say, oh, I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do because that sounds way too much like an employee. So if you want to be considered self-employed, you have to have that autonomy. You have to decide how you do your work. You determine when you get paid, how you get reimbursed for expenses. You, know, you buy all your own hardware and software. You take care of your benefits, right? So you're going to pay for your own health insurance. You're going to put money into your retirement account. You don't get paid vacations from an employer. So none of that stuff. You're on your own. The company won't be taking care of any of it. It's helpful, and I would suggest that you do this. Talk with an accountant. Get some clarity on how you want to uh, form your company. I was a solopreneur um, just, gosh, how many years? Probably for, for most of the years that I did it. I did it as a sole proprietorship providing those services. It wasn't until much later when I was like, well, I'm going to be doing this probably for the rest of my career that I said I better form an LLC. So, you know, you might want to look into forming an LLC to give you a little bit of protection to, to put your assets into a separate bucket from your personal assets. Some people want to do a full corporation. A lot of it depends on how your company is going to be structured and if you're going to have partners and employees and so forth. Um, but talk with an accountant to determine 
what is the best company formation for you, how you want to handle your banking, your accounting, tax prep, all that stuff. Um, they're going to tell you, it's like, and you should set up a completely different bank account for your business. So you're keeping your finances totally separate. It makes it a lot easier for the accounting and tax work later. Same with credit cards, debit cards, keep them entirely separate. You have to be really careful with the the clients because <laughs> they're going to try to dictate how you do your work. It's normal. Uh, they're going to say, hey, we really love to have you come into the office. It's surprising. Some people are still <laughs> wanting people to come into the office. Uh, when I was independent, they were always wanting me to come into the office. And I was like, I'll come in once a week, but I don't need to be there to do the design work that I was doing. You know, and being available certain hours. So they want you to be, you know, on Slack or whatever, nine to five, using their hardware, sometimes for security reasons. You have to be careful if you're using their equipment and you're working in their office, it starts to look a lot like being an employee again. And you run the risk of being classified as an employee, which changes entirely how you and your employer are going to handle the way you get paid and taxation. And if that happens, you won't be able to write off your business expenses on your taxes. All the stuff that you have, they're like, no, you're not independent. You're not a business. You're an employee. Um, next big question people always ask when I talk with folks about this, like I have no idea what to charge for my services. So the best time to do your research and figure out what you want to charge for your rate is to look internally. What is your company currently paying people that they hire as consultants or contractors to provide the same services you do? Most companies do hire contractors at burst capacity. So I, kn I know we did this pretty much every company where I worked as an employee. We'd bring on temporary contractors as you know designers, engineers, what have you. So find out what they're paying those folks. You know, what is the going rate? Um, if they hire an outside agency or a consultant, what are they paying them to provide the services you're thinking about doing? And then do some external research too. So you got to figure out what the market will bear. Market's changing a lot now. <laughs> it's becoming a global market, which is interesting. So if you have friends at other companies that are hiring consultants and contractors, what are they paying those folks? If you have friends who are already consultants and contractors, what are they charging their customers? And I was lucky enough, some of my friends were very transparent. I said, I'm thinking about charging this. Is it too high, too low? And then they guided me in the right direction because they knew what they were already charging. So you have to do your homework, figure out if you want to do an hourly rate or a flat rate by project. There's a lot of pros and cons of, of both approaches. It's hard when you're just starting out to figure out a flat rate. You know, you just don't have enough experience yet. Typically you do that. You're going to end up working more than you're getting paid. <laughs> it's, it's pretty common. Yeah, you, you tend to think you'll be done more quickly and be a little more easy to accomplish. And so you say, oh yeah, it's going to be this much to finish this project. And then there's overruns and you end up eating that. Um, so it's okay to start with an hourly billing rate, track your hours. I think eventually the way you really want to be doing this work as a consultant is to sell the value you deliver, not hours. No one really wants to be working for hours because that puts a cap on how much you can make. So I think you shouldn't be punished as well if your experience enables you to do things more quickly. And that's the problem with an hourly rate. 
Um, I linked some stuff in the the newsletter at newsletter.invinciblecareer.com that talks about some of the benefits of project-based pricing, monthly retainers. Um, I like monthly retainers as well. I did a lot of that when I was doing some startup consulting. And you basically just say, this is how much it costs to keep me on retainer every month. And this is the type of work I'll be doing for you, the hours I'll set aside for you. I'll be available 10 hours a week to do calls or meetings or what have you. Um, Retained engagements are really great. Um, The very next question people ask is like, how do I find clients? Where do I find them? And it's, it is the hardest part of getting started with a consulting business. It's a cold start problem. You know, where do you find your clients? How do you get enough of a reputation that people will hire you? If you have nothing yet, you have no past clients, no testimonials, no portfolio. And the the hard part is why should anyone trust you? If you're an unknown quantity, they don't know who you are as a consultant. How do they know you do great work, right? So that is, that's the answer to that question right there. So think about this. Who already knows you? Who trusts you? Who knows the kind of work that you can do? If you have no clients yet, well, it's going to be your previous employer. It's going to be the people who've worked with you, your colleagues, your bosses, and so forth. Many of my consulting clients, and this still holds true for my career consulting, my leadership consulting, their previous colleagues, previous bosses, um, they would be the ones sometimes hiring me. So I would work with somebody at a past company and they'd go to a new company and they'd say, Hey, can you come over here and work with me? I trust you. I know how to work with you. Help me build this team, lead the team until we can figure out who we want to hire as the the full-time head of design or head of product. Um, sometimes they refer me to other folks. So somebody will be talking with them, uh, over zoom now, I guess, instead of coffee and lunch. They're like, oh, I'm really looking for somebody to, to take on this role. I need somebody who's kind of a design strategist. I can't find anybody. And they're like, oh, I know somebody. And they would refer me, which is great. Um, like I said, my very, very first client in my entire consulting history of, of doing this was my past employer. You know, I told them I was quitting. They said, oh, please stay as an employee. Things are going to become more stable. And I said, no, it's, it, it's not. I really want to be a consultant. And so they hired me and they said, I'll take all the hours that you have. And so I, they were taking hundred percent of my time for quite a while. Um, then the next client, uh, hired me because I think it was an employee on their team, their design team had worked with me at Apple. And so he brought me over and said, Hey, we're overloaded. We need more design help. He told the manager, Hey, go hire this guy. And they did. Um, so it's all about networking. You know, I tell you about this all the time. Same with finding jobs. It's, it's all about your network. And then I had a number of past colleagues who were now consultants who would bring me into projects and vice versa. So a designer would bring me in to partner with them on a big project that was just too much for one person. Um, engineers would say, hey, we need to really bring some of that Apple design love to this product. And they would recommend me and, and another person I worked with. You know, product managers who had loved working with me at past companies said, hey, can you come over and help us? Um, It's all about that network. So leverage your close network. These are people who already know you, people that enjoyed working with you. They trust you. They know the quality of your work. So as you spin up this business, reach out. 
and say, by the way, I don't know if you knew, I've started my own consulting business. So I've got some time available for new projects. If you know of anything, let me know. And, and you'd be surprised how many times they know somebody that would want to hire you. So then the key is you're doing this, you're consulting, you're like, is this working? Is this worth continuing? Am I going to be successful with this? So as you're building up your reputation, doing the work and your portfolio, you're going to be able to attract new clients. And this is when it flips. So if you're starting to attract clients that have never worked with you before, then the demand's increasing. Word's getting out about you. You're building a, a positive reputation. As you have more demand and more than you can fulfill, you can increase your rates. Um, that's how you know that your your business is up and running. You're successful. It's like, man, I've got to I've got to keep increasing my rates. I got too much work. Um, it's different to be running your own business than if you've never done it before than being an employee. So you don't want to ever let your pipeline run dry. So even if you're fully loaded and you're busy, you should still always be connecting with people. You want to keep opportunities flowing in. You have to keep up marketing. You have to keep up your sales pipeline. Um, the thing that we always did, the people that I worked with in the past, is we would send business to each other. So I would be full, but I would still get opportunities coming in, a lot of inbound requests, and then I would refer them to other designers or product leaders or what have you. So always keep your pipeline going. Uh, you don't want to get into a cycle of like boom and bust, feast and famine. Um, as you're doing this, and this is what's a little bit different as well, if you're running a business, is building up a financial cushion. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for doing this. One is you're going to be accountable for all your taxes. You have the self-employment tax and things like that, or business tax. So you're going to have to be aggressively putting stuff uh, into your financial cushion to be able to cover that. But also, if things go kind of quiet, you know, if there isn't as much client work flowing in, you're going to have that financial cushion to help carry you through. Um, then you've got the question of things are successful. What now? What do I do to grow this business? Some people are happy with kind of a steady state of being a solopreneur and, you know, just doing what they can do, the kind of work they could provide. I know some folks like that have been doing it for 20, 30 years and they're making a good living, but they have no ambition to turn it into a massive business. They're just happy. They're just happy being a solopreneur. You could decide, do I want to scale this up? Do I want to hire employees? And there are pros and cons, obviously, of doing that. Do you want to hire contractors to scale up so it's less of a risk than employees? Big question people have is, do I bring on a partner? Do I want to do kind of a, a federation, a loose partnership, which is what I was doing? Or do I want to formally expand my company, form an LLC or a corporation and bring on real partners? And now we're starting to really grow. Uh, looking at ways to diversify your income streams, which is super important. When I worked with um, engineering consultants, they would often do this. So they had kind of their their consulting income from working on projects with the the, uh, the employers that had hired them. But they also were writing like these code modules that they could sell. Uh, one of them actually has a pretty decent passive income stream from this. So it's these real kind of little niche use cases that their their code solves a problem and they sell that module and they get recurring revenue from that. 
So there's other ways you can do that. I know some designers do that. Um, they'll design like WordPress themes, um, various types of things that can, you know, icon suites that can be sold and resold. So there's a lot of questions that come with that. It's a good problem to have. I mean, it means that your business is growing, that you're successful. And so it's, uh, that's a good point to be. So good luck with this. I hope it helps if anybody who's listening is considering transitioning from being an employee to a consultant. I've really enjoyed it. Um, the first time I did it, I did it for several years during the dot-com boom. Um, and then in 2010, I went back into consulting. So I haven't been an employee for you know almost 11 years now. I've been consulting and running my own businesses ever since. So it's, it's a lot of work. It's uh, hard at times. It can be stressful, but not like being an employee isn't stressful, right? <laughs> I find it very rewarding. The freedom is going to be like nothing you've ever experienced before as an employee. You know, just sitting here on a Wednesday and say, hey, things are kind of quiet. Maybe I'll go skiing tomorrow. You know, I'll just take the day off and go skiing. Can't really do that very easily as an employee. If you have any questions, you know, if you're thinking about doing this, and I'm sure there's going to be tons of questions, feel free to reach out to me. Leave a comment on the the newsletter. If you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, you'll see all the past archives of all the editions of this. And you can find this one and leave a comment. Ask me a question if you'd like. And um, good luck. I hope that those of you that are interested can make this work. It is It is a fantastic journey. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.